When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Flippin' Bats. Today is an amazing episode. One of my idols growing up, John Smoltz, is joining me here in just a minute to talk a little bit about the Braves, talk a little bit about Shohei Otani, and tells a story about nearly escaping death, quite literally, one day when playing golf with some of his teammates. This is going to be a blast of an episode. Got a couple storylines for you first. Let's get to it. He swings and it's a high fly ball, deep center field. It is gone. Home run. And a huge backflip to celebrate. All right, Ben, start the show already. John Smoltz is set to join me here in just a few minutes, which just to even say that on my own show with Fox where I can talk about baseball and now I'm going to have John Smoltz back on the show again is something that will never get old and a story that he is going to tell will leave you crying of laughter after you realize he's okay years later. But just trust me, you'll want to listen to it. But we got a couple things to cover before we get there. There's a lot of history being chased. Aaron Judge, Albert Pujols chasing history. Shohei Otani keeps making history. Hunter Brown making his debut for the Astros. So let's start with the guys chasing history. Aaron Judge, Albert Pujols are just knocking on the door of accomplishing some unbelievable feats. Aaron Judge ties Alex Rodriguez now, 54th home run. So what he ties A-Rod for is the most home runs by a Yankees right-handed hitter in single-season history for the Yankees. So he's at 54 now. A-Rod had that record, most single-season home runs by a Yankee by a right-handed hitter. Aaron Judge is now tied. He is one away from passing him, obviously. And he is now seven away from tying Roger Maris's record of 61. Right now, as we speak, Aaron Judge is on pace for 65 home runs. Now, this was cool. A-Rod himself, when Aaron Judge hit that 54th home run, tweeted out, congrats to Aaron Judge on tying my Yankees record for homers by a right-handed batter in a single season. Keep going, my man. I love that. That's so cool, and it's so cool to know that A-Rod is so in tune with what is happening. He immediately tweeted that, um, so really cool to see that. He's on pace for 65. 65, which would obviously break the Yankees' all-time single-season record. That would tie him with Mark McGuire for the fourth-most all-time. And get this, with just six more homers and five more steals, Aaron Judge would be the first player ever to have 60 homers and 20 steals in a single season. That would be wild. He'd also be just the fourth player all time to hit 65 or more homers in a single season. Barry Bonds, Sammy Sosa, and Mark McGuire did it 
twice. I will say those names again, and you realize some certain things that Aaron Judge might be doing without the benefit of these other guys. Barry Bonds, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, the only other guys that have hit 65 or more home runs in a single season. So it's 54 homers through 135 games are the third most homers by a hitter through 135 games all time. I hope he gets it done. He is marching towards history. He is now just seven away from tying the record with about a month to go in the season. I think he gets it done. I do. I think Aaron Judge can break the Yankees' all-time single-season record. Another guy chasing history, Albert Pujols. Albert Pujols is at 695 career home runs, five away from 700. And as I mentioned with Aaron Judge marching towards history, Aaron Judge just tied A-Rod for the all-time single-season record for a Yankees right-handed hitter. Albert Pujols is one home run away from tying A-Rod's record and where he sits at 696 career home runs. We are all rooting for the machine here. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you're from. I don't care what team you're rooting for, what team you've rooted for in your life. We all seem to be rooting for Albert Pujols here to hit five more home runs. So one more is 696, which would tie him for the fourth most all-time with A-Rod. Now, given his full season pace, okay, if you take the whole season into account, he's on pace to hit three more home runs, which would leave him at 698 home runs, leaving him too shy of 700. Now, that doesn't take into account the hot stretch that he has been on since the All-Star break. Since the All-Star break, amongst qualified hitters, Albert Pujols has had the highest OPS of everybody. And against left-handed hitters, left-handed pitchers, all year long, he has been one of the best hitters. We need a couple things here. One, we need him to play every day, and he's not. He does not play every day, and he doesn't play against a lot of right-handed pitchers. He just pinch hits later in a game, which doesn't help us at all. But if you take his recent hot stretch into consideration where he's hit 10 home runs in 32 games, that pace would have him on track to hit eight home runs in the remaining games of the season, which would obviously get him to 703. I'm worried. I I am worried. He doesn't play every day. He pinch hits late in games. He hit a home run pinch hitting in the eighth the other day. Is that likely to keep happening? I don't think so. My big worry here is he gets to 698, 699. I don't see a world in which he doesn't come back. He said, nope, I'm done. That's it. No matter what I get to, I don't I, this is going to be like a Mr. 3000 situation. I, I truly believe that. I don't see how if Albert Pujols, the greatest hitter of his generation, shout out Miggy, you're one and two right there. The greatest hitter of the generation, if he's sitting at 699, I do not see a world in which he doesn't come back to hit one more home run. He just has to do it. But Albert Pujols has been on a tear 
a tear that if he continues it, has him on pace to hit 700 career home runs, which would be the fourth most all-time in history behind only Barry Bonds, Hank Aaron, and Babe Ruth. And then it would be Albert Pujols. Pujols is five homers away from 700. I hope he gets it. Another chance to reach a milestone. Let's move on now to talk about a guy that continues to just make history. A guy that is history himself, Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani on Monday night, three for five, a double, two home runs, three RBIs. He just continues to be on an absolute tear at the plate. In the month of August, Shohei Otani hit 317 with eight home runs. I don't even need to talk about what he's doing on the mound in that stretch, but he hit his 31st home run Monday night. That was the first of two. It was 111.4 miles an hour off the bat. It was also a low and away pitch that he just hit for an absolute rifle off the wall in right center field, but they have the wall. It was above the yellow line, so it was a home run. Just a rifle. He ends up hitting another home run deep left center field. Oppo Taco. He did it again. His second home run of the night. His 12th multi-home run game of his career. His sixth of the season, might I add, which ties Troy Gloss for the most multi-home run games in a season in Angels history. Let's just think about this for a second. This year, Shohei Otani has put himself in a category on the pitching side with just himself and Nolan Ryan. And now, offensively, he's putting himself in a category with just himself and Troy Gloss. I mean, come on now. I'm going to try my best right now to not have an MVP conversation and to just celebrate what Shohei Otani is doing right now. This season... Only Aaron Judge has more multi-home run games. Aaron Judge has nine multi-home run games this season. Only Aaron Judge has more. Shohei has six. Shohei for the Angels this season. Six games with two or more homers. Nine games with ten or more strikeouts on the mound. No other player has had at least six of each for their entire career. And Shohei has done it. In one season. That's what makes this so remarkable. It is so special what he is doing. Yes, his offensive numbers are unbelievable. He hit 317 in the month of August. He's continuing that hot stretch now. Two more home runs, 32 on the year. Only Aaron Judge has more home runs than Shohei Otani in the American League. He's doing it all while pitching every fifth or sixth day. And everybody may get tired of hearing that. I don't think most people understand. Pitching is a full-time job. Pitching every fifth or sixth day is a full-time job. And the days you're not pitching, you're rehabbing, you're throwing bullpens, you're working out, you're running, you're doing a shoulder program, you're doing all of these things. Shohei Otani's, I'm sure, doing that, but it just adds even more to it that, oh, guess what? He's in the starting lineup and hitting first, second, or third against Major League Pitching every day that he's not that Major League Pitcher. And when he is pitching, he's also hitting. It's just mind-blowing. 
Lindsay Adler tweeted this, the Aaron Judge versus Shohei Otani MVP debate is fascinating. The American League has two guys who are too good to not win the award this season. Awesome. That is that is true. And I know about a minute and a half ago, I said I'm going to try my best to not get into an MVP conversation. But I will say this. Aaron Judge is having the epitome of an MVP season. He is having an MVP season. He just is. He's on the New York Yankees. He's potentially going to break Roger Maris's all-time record. He's been unbelievable. The Yankees have been scuffling. He has single-handedly put the team on his back and is propelling them to still win a division title. That's an MVP. But how do you not give the MVP to a guy that is doing what Shohei Otani is doing? I don't know. I, I don't know who is going to win. There is a great argument for Aaron Judge. There is a fantastic argument for Shohei Otani. And whatever happens is remarkable in the sense of this is perhaps the greatest MVP race that we have ever seen because of the contrast. How do you vote for this? You have Aaron Judge potentially breaking the record for the New York Yankees, and they're probably going to win the AL East. How do you vote against him? Well, the only way you can possibly vote against that is when there's a guy like Shohei Otani who every single night he takes the field is doing something that hasn't been done since Bullet Turkey Trot Rogan back in 1837. I mean, how do you not vote for a guy like that? I don't know. I I don't know the answer to that. So the MVP race is absolutely fascinating. Since August 4th, if you didn't think this was a race, since August 4th, Shohei Otani has made it even more of a race. He's batting 327 with 10 home runs and OPS over 1,100. Only judge, 11 home runs, has more in that span. And he's had five starts in that span in which he's amassed an ERA of 1.74. 327, 10 home runs, an OPS north of 1,100, five starts, a 1.74 ERA. Shohei Otani is a living legend, and he is a unicorn in every single sense of the word. And Monday night, we saw it again with his outing of three for five at the plate, two home runs, a laser beam home run to right center field, a towering oppo left center field home run, and a double and three RBIs. Another Shohei Otani masterful performance. But before we get to John Smoltz, another guy here that um, could potentially be a great for the Houston Astros. Now, obviously not John Smoltz level greatness, perhaps, but he has made his debut. He is an Astros, one of their top prospects, makes his debut. The reason I want to talk about this, there's a couple of different things. One, he and his counterpart, Ryan Nelson, made history on Monday when they both threw six-plus innings without giving up a run. Hunter Brown and Ryan Nelson both made their debut with scoreless starts of six-plus innings. This is just the third time since 1901 that two pitchers made their MLB debuts with scoreless starts of six-plus innings on the same day. Hunter Brown is an interesting situation as well because he's called up. He's a top prospect for the Astros, and his idol is Justin Verlander. His idol is my brother, 
Now he gets to make his debut as teammates with his idol, which is really special and really cool. And to come up and to throw six innings, giving up just three hits, striking out five guys, and not giving up a single run in front of your idol on your MLB debut is truly special. Just think about that. To be able to do that in front of his idol, which he has literally shaped his mechanics to look like Justin. Pitching Ninja, friend of the pod, does a great side-by-side of the two. So you can go find it on um, you can go find it on his Twitter. I tweeted this out a couple of months ago, actually, in spring training, a video of the two of them. Astros top pitching prospect Hunter Brown said he is a huge fan of Justin's and modeled a lot of his pitching mechanics after him. The side-by-side is incredible. Shout out Apollo Houston for that, um, for that video. He did this in front of Justin. He also, the third pitch of his MLB career, get this, just the third pitch of his career, he threw a slider that was 95.7 miles an hour. A slider. Only Jacob deGrom has thrown a harder slider this year than that. That is pretty cool. But the reason I wanted to highlight him is, one, to be able to to shape his pitching mechanics after my brother, to idolize Justin, and then to make your debut as teammates with Justin and to dominate in his start as Justin has done for so many years in the big leagues is a really cool achievement. It is really special to see that. And congratulations to Hunter Brown for making your big league debut, throwing fantastic, not giving up, an earned run and earning a win in front of your idol for the Houston Astros as his teammate. Really cool, really cool situation there. But speaking of idols, one of my idols growing up, and I was a huge Atlanta Braves fan. Uh, I'm rocking the throwback Atlanta Braves jersey right now. By the way, these things are just the coolest Braves jerseys of all time. One of my idols was John Smoltz. John Smoltz has joined me on this show before and is about to join me again now. I love talking to him about the game of baseball. He's one of the greatest to do it in the postseason of all time. And now I get to welcome him back on Flippin' Bats to tell some stories, to tell an incredible golf story, by the way, and talk a little bit about pitching and talk about the Atlanta Braves and the New York Mets. I am so happy to welcome in now one of my favorite players of all time and one of the greatest pitchers to ever do it, John Smoltz. All right, and I am pumped now to be joined by Hall of Famer Atlanta Braves pitcher John Smoltz. John, thank you so much for joining me, my friend. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Of course. So I want to start with the NL East. The Mets at one point in the NL East looked untouchable. Now the Atlanta Braves have it down to one game. They are one game back of the New York Mets. Will they catch them? You know, it's been a pretty amazing run. When you think about how far they were, I think at one point, 11 games back, the Mets have uh, a pretty good schedule remaining, meaning they, they have a favorable schedule. The Braves have this big, long road trip that they're on. I think a lot's going to be determined on how they do on this road trip. And it's a West Coast trip that never goes well for many East Coast teams because of the travel. 
But I tell you what, this is going to come right down to the wire, and I did not think that was possible about two months ago. The Braves and their pitching, and they, you know, everything about staying healthy, right? The Mets stay healthy, uh, they're going to win the division, you would think, from their pitching staff. But now it's anybody's game, and this road trip will tell a lot. I think for either team, getting in the playoffs in the beginning of the year would be the goal, but I think it's essential for the team that wins this division, secures the second-best record, gets a bye, has a chance to go to the World Series. The team that doesn't win the division is really behind the eight ball because they got to play that best of three and then, of course, go through two more teams. So I think this is going to be October 1st, I believe, uh, the Mets play the Braves in Atlanta, and that that is going to be a pretty good series. So if the if the Braves can get through this road trip and stay within reach and it all comes down to that series, if they're tied heading into that series, Mets and the Braves, I like the Braves. Do you? Yeah, I mean, you, you could make the argument they're playing the best baseball of anybody right now. Oh, yeah. Just when you think, I go back to that four out of five that the Mets won, and that was going to pretty much put the series on ice. I mean, the, the division on ice. And then the Braves, I think, won 10 in a row or 10 of the next 11. So every time it looks like they've kind of uh, put themselves, you know, behind that 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 eight ball, they come up with a huge stretch and a, and a big time uh, uh, road trip. They won 11 or 10, 10 straight games on the road. So I think the Braves are in a great spot. Uh, the Mets, of course, have dominated the entire year, and they're still the team to beat for me. I, I, I know that 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 schedule and the teams they're playing, I know you shouldn't get caught up on the schedule as much, but it's a lot of teams that are not having good years that they get to play the remaining uh, schedule of the year. Yeah, I agree with you. And since June 1st, you're right, the Atlanta Braves have been the best team in all of baseball. So, John, Shohei Otani recently invented a new pitch, a sinker that's 100 miles an hour. It's a turbo sinker, if you will. And he just invented it in the middle of the season. And it is the hardest pitch with the most movement for a strikeout that we have seen in the last three years. John, you're a Hall of Famer. You're one of the best to ever do it. How difficult is it to just make up a pitch in the middle of the season and it'd be as good as Shohei Otani's sinker. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Well, it's really difficult if all you do is pitch, right? I mean, he's doing both. He's doing the tremendous ability to hit and then to pitch. I think he's a. I, I think he's one of the best pitchers in the game. And I know that, you know, he's the best player in the game when you combine the both that he can do. He's so gifted on the mound. And look, it's a little easier when your team's out of it to try to invent different things to move forward in your career. Uh, but nonetheless, to do it on the spot and, and in the middle of what he's doing is off the charts. I'm a big fan of Otani. I, I make the claim that he is and can be the greatest pitcher in, in our game, uh, but he's not just pitching. So 
that kind of puts them back a little bit, but not so much that you can't talk about them in the top five category of pitchers in our game, just on the fact that he pitches once every six days and hits the other five. Uh, this guy's rewriting record books and uh, can't wait. Can't wait for him to uh, just really see full circle what his career can be. Yep. And so obviously you yourself, one of the greatest pitchers to ever do it. But you're also really good on the golf course. Now, you're coming to us now from a clubhouse at your golf course. You're known a great golfer. Played on, uh, you played professional golf in, at, at some points in your life. So my question for you, two-part question here. Of the big three, you, Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, who's the best golfer of the three? Well, I was always the best golfer between the three of us. and We had a lot of friendly competitions where I would take on those two guys' best ball. Now, they would win a lot of those matches because best ball is pretty tough to beat. But when I did win, the bragging rights were even greater. So uh, <laughs> we had a blast. I talk about it all the time and how our careers were extended through golf. We had the personalities that mixed with each other. When we were on the road, it kept us fresh. You know, I set up the golf, the cars, the members that we would play with. And I do, I do you know, if you talk to each one of them, they would talk indirectly about how it impacted them on the fact that their careers were lengthened. Mine was lengthened because this game will eat you up. We got a chance to play 20 plus years and golf was a great part of it on the road. Not so much at home with our families, but on the road, we played a lot of golf. I've heard there's many of them, but what is your craziest Greg Maddox golf story that you can share with us? Yeah, there are so many of them. You know, Greg is uh, legendary for a lot of stories that maybe you can't really <laughs> say uh, out loud. But there's one that one, that we are, are, are really glad that we're talking about. It happened in Montreal. We were playing golf. It was myself, Maddox, Steve Avery, and Kent Merker. And we were playing golf in Montreal. So we I called for a, a cab. And, you know, I tried to explain to them in, in – they understood a little bit of the English that we needed a big cab with four golf sets uh, that were going to be sitting, sitting in a trunk and four people riding in the cab. Well, a Fiat showed up <laughs> and I, to my, to my surprise, the Fiat fit four golf clubs and fit us four. three of us were in the back. Greg was in the front right seat, obviously the passenger seat and I'm in the back left. And so I told him as soon as we took off, now imagine the weight in that Fiat. And I was sitting over the left back tire. And I told him, I said, this tire is going to blow. I could feel the bubble on this tire. And they were like, shut up, Smoltz, you know, we're, you know, whatever. And, and they basically told me to be quiet. Well, we stopped at a gas station to get something to drink. And I told him again, I said, this back tire is bad. It's going to blow. Well, they uh, once again told me to be quiet. So we're on the highway going about 55 miles an hour. And all of a sudden, pow, the tire blows. Luckily, there wasn't a car to a right or to the left of us. And this thing, this guy swerved this car back and forth amongst this highway. And Maddox was screaming, hang in there. He's holding the handle in the front seat, hang in there, directing this guy <laughs> off to the side of the road, of which now we get to the side of the road and within 15 seconds, nonstop traffic, obviously, on the highway. So now we've got this blown out tire, Maddox, myself, Glavin, I'm sorry, Avery and, and Merker, and Merker drew the short straw. He was the rookie at the time or the youngest. He had to fix the flat and change the tire 
And uh, the whole time Maddox was screaming in the front seat. And I guess him telling the story said, you know, when you're in the front seat and this car's going back and forth, you're thinking the car's just going to roll. Um, we laugh about it now, but we think about how, what could, obviously could have been if that thing had flipped or, or didn't work out. And they didn't want to hear from me about that tire that I said was going to blow. So did you end up getting to the golf course or did you just decide to call it a day from there? Well, no, that was coming back from the golf course <laughs> to Montreal, uh, the, the dome to, to get to the stadium. So we, uh, we, we had Merker did a great job fixing, you know, putting the tire on. It was the only could drive 40 miles an hour tire. And we were telling the, the cabbie, you know, make sure you don't go over 40 miles an hour with all the weight in the car. That's incredible. John, thank you so much for joining me, my friend. I really appreciate it. And uh, I will talk to you soon, hopefully. You got it. All right. See ya. Man, I just wanted to thank John Smoltz again for joining me. I am still dying at the story of them riding in a Fiat from the golf course and almost not able to be here doing this conversation for us today because they almost didn't make it. But thankfully they did. What an absolute legend. Thank you so much to John Smoltz for joining me for a few minutes and talking some baseball and sharing that story. What an absolute blast for me to be able to talk to him. One of my idols growing up being a Braves fan. This has been a fun episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening to your podcast. Hit that subscribe button. You can also follow us on all social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and you can watch every single episode on YouTube, Flippin' Bats Pod, for all of them. Thank you all for listening. This one has been a blast, and I will see you tomorrow for another episode of Flippin' Bats. Peace.